The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. It is September 4th, 2023. Uh, it's time for our monthly Monday takeover here on youtube.com slash Fightful. I am Actual Pearl. It's time to get in the weeds. I'm here with uh, the lovely, spirited Mr. Cake Monster himself, Jeremy Lambert. How you doing, Jeremy? I'm well. Uh, as everybody can see, I am outside in beautiful Akron, Ohio. I've had about... Four. Yes, Jeremy's actually in the weeds. Yes, I am. I've had about four hours of sleep after this weekend of wrestling. I worked myself into a shoot with what I'm about to do. And I'm going to make things worse on myself because the, the EP, the lovely wife, uh, made a suggestion. And you can't suggest things around me, Joel, because I will take them too serious. And, and that is what, what has happened, what is about to happen, I should say. So let me set this up because we're on the main channel today. Uh, typically, people would be watching us on Fightful Overbooked, but the first Monday of every month, we are now taking over the main YouTube.com slash Fightful channel. Uh, on Friday, we started talking about cake, and then we talked about Super Chats, and then Jeremy said, for a certain amount of Super Chats, I will snort cake. Well, we got the amount of Super Chats, and then we realized that there is a certain... Um, bad idea when it comes to snorting cake so this is this this is how we figured out what we're going to do we're still giving you the the cake content you paid for yes jeremy we did get the snorting cake spot approved real cake real cake real story by you baby by you i had to get the approval from you so we did get the snorting sorry my we got the sorting cake spot approved in that I was going to do a thumbnail's worth. People can see my thumbnail there. Great view. I was going to do a thumbnail's worth of uh, cake snorting. But then we also we put it out in into a poll and let you people decide. And everyone decided that they would rather see me have cake on my face. And so I'm going to have cake on my face the entire show. We have a guest today. <laughs> Literally... We knew this was already going to be a big weekend, and then Sam Punk got fired on Saturday evening, and so the weekend became bigger, and I got to do this entire show with cake on my face. But wait, Joel, there's more. Oh, no. So we had a limited amount of cake left over, and I was very worried that... It wasn't going to be enough cake to satisfy the bit. I'm all about satisfying the people. You know what I mean, Joel? Absolutely. So I was worried that there wasn't going to be enough cake. So my lovely wife, who has great ideas that uh, she regrets immediately, like marrying me, decided, <laughs> what if like we use like cake ingredients? She's like, this is a bad idea because it's going to get messy. 
And I'm like, no, this is brilliant. So we got an egg. So we're going to crack an egg. Shout out to Sean Ross Sapp, the egg man. We're going to crack an egg over my head as well. So we are going to do egg on the head and then cake to the face. We have two pieces of cake. One will be literally thrown at me. So if it does not hit me in the face, that's not my fault. And the other one will be smashed on my face. This is what we're doing. This is what I've worked myself into, Joel. We're a morning show, by the way. So this is typically the content that you get from us here on In the Weeds, whether you're on Overbooked or on the main. Uh, by the way, yes, we do have a guest at 10.15 a.m. Eastern, so in about 10 minutes. Uh, while Jeremy has egg on his, or literally egg and cake on his face, we will have Zach Haydorn joining us. Uh, he's the managing editor from SC Scoops and also uh, the, one of the co-pilots over at Brass Ring Media. Uh, he's, he was in Chicago. He lives in Chicago. He was at all of the AEW events from last week. So we're going to talk to him about that. Uh, that's at 10, 15 a.m. But for now, Jeremy, I think uh, I think it might be time to put some cake on your face. I guess so. Everybody send money. We don't actually get any money from the show. That's unfortunate. Wait, we Maybe. don't? Oh, I'm no. quitting now. We're done. Yeah, this is a main channel show. So, like, you know, this, this is not show up on the overbooked uh, funds here. We got we to gotta figure that out. Um, yeah, we, we, at least the, the money from Friday show came to the overbooked funds. And now we're doing this spot on the main channel. Hey, if you like this absurdity, we do this three days a week, three days a week on overbooked. It's not always this, absurd, I will say that, but, uh, we, we, we try to have fun. And then I guess we talk about pro wrestling as well. Sure, that's something we end up doing. Anyway, yeah, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 10 a.m. Eastern until noon. We do go in the weeds. Uh, let's. I guess we got to just get this over with, don't we? All right, my lovely wife is. Uh, she's not thrilled with the idea <laughs> of any of this. She made her debut on the show like two weeks ago, so it's it's. Uh, you know, she's been on the show before. You kind of got to be on because like you got to be on screen unless you can get like your hand with the egg, especially. Yeah. Can we get her a, a big blue dot? I mean, I don't know about any of that. I'm wearing my Brian Danielson tribute shirt, just plain white t-shirt, the goat Brian Danielson. We'll talk about him later on. Uh, you want to start with the egg? We're going to start no. with the cake. All right. If you do we'll, the egg first, the cake will stick better. Yeah, yeah, that's I agree. We're going to do the egg first. Hey, uh, by the way, send send your egg and cake super chats here. Just uh, why not? You just gotta you ju you gotta come over here and just you want me to here? I'll smash it on my own head. All right, all right, everybody. Real eggs, cry me a river. Oh, that sounded painful. I made sure it got smashed. It didn't really like get in my eye and face enough. Probably for the best it didn't get in your eye. You can see it kind of dangling grossly over there. There we go. I'll make sure it kind of like sticks to the side of my face there. Hopefully everyone kind of saw that. Yeah, Got on my shirt kind of well. There you go. You kind of see it on my shirt. Yeah. Yeah, we did well with that. I got egg in the back of my hair. I bet it looks nice in the back of my head. What am I supposed to do with this? There's the remains. Man, That's for the pros. People, people watching this after the fact are going to be just commenting weird, amazing stuff on this video. All right. Well, the egg is on my hair and on my 
Brian Danielson tribute shirt there. Let's wipe that off. All right. All right. Time for, for the cake. We're going to throw the first piece. And then the, the second piece. Should I do another egg? I feel like that wasn't as satisfying for for the people there. Let, let, people let us know here. We'll do we'll do cake. We'll do piece of cake number one. And okay. while that's happening, people oh my say, gosh. was okay. that a bee? Wait. No, what? What's that? Was there a wasp flying around you? Piece of cake flying at me. <laughs> I was not suspecting that one. Yeah, just kind of launch it. Okay, hold on, hold on. All right, all right. Three, I'll try to keep my eyes open. Three, two, one. <laughs> just like hit me. Right <laughs> forehead. Look at that. Honestly, a great throw, baby. Great. That is a major league content right there that was a fantastic throw all right so there you go all right this second piece i will i'll just smash this second piece on my face everyone kind of saw for look at this great yeah my wife has an arm on her all right second piece we can see this is what the cake is like there right, we're just gonna kind of smash this get it all nice in my face and everything all right, here we go, everybody. Rub it. Make sure. There we go. All right. Your super chat dollar is at work, ladies and gentlemen. I'm snorting this anyway. Like, it's just going to be snorted all over my hand. Very, very nice. You can stay on here. Yeah, I don't know how I'm, I'm just going to have to do the show from like out here, going inside like this and like keeping it on my face. As you talk, it's dripping. Yeah, it's going to be pretty difficult here. You look like Brian Cage when he paints his face. <laughs> yeah, you're the ultimate cake warrior, but way less racist. I might do this show just fully in the weeds today. I'm holding my phone is not going to be fun. Yeah, I, I would do that. I, I would, the audio's garbage. <laughs> oh, the audio's not good. Well, I can't exactly get cleaned up. You I can't, can, can't I can, fully get you cleaned can get, You can get a little cleaned up. At least enough that you can do the show without angering anyone in the house. I look brilliant, though. Like I, I like this look for me. It's a very, you should try exfoliating face masks more often. Should I? What if I have a microphone? No, hold on. Right. Full effect. Oh, yeah. You can see like the shirt and everything. There's like ripping down my back. It does not feel great. I'm pretty sure it's like egg pieces. And hose, hose him down. Yeah, I mean, that would be a great bit, too. We do have a hose. No, the hose oh, never mind. It's broken. Well, also, you're wearing a white shirt. That, that content is for premium subscribers. Yeah, yeah. You can't just give away the wet, white t-shirt like that. Only fans. Sign up to that. I feel I can get away with in the house like this. Put like a towel down something yeah just put a towel around your shoulders yeah and you just kind of wipe it off a little bit you don't have to do it with full-on cake effect we got it let's go do you know what in honor of one year of the all-out press conference we got kind of a caked face like cm punk had love the towel around the neck i feel we can do this i think we have a pack of mini muffins and we got mini muffins that i can eat on air as well so that all right can, can I get a towel, please? Yes. Okay, thank you. 
All right, the the lovely wife is going to get a towel. Uh, there's another piece of cake here that just kind of chilled because this is the remains. It's got a rock in it. This is this is what uh has happened. The other piece. This was the one that hit me in the forehead. Everybody. Right oh, there. I was going to ask why are you putting rocks in your cake? But I guess this well, is the content. Yeah, that's the one that hit me in the forehead. So you can get this on eBay. I guess I'll I'll sell this on eBay. A premium piece of cake that hit Jeremy Lambert in the forehead on in the weeds on September 4th. I feel like if we ever opened up overbook memberships, we would use that piece of cake as like the content that uh, gets us there. Well, I just, uh, I just tossed it literally in the weeds. So now it's, it belongs to, you know, great bit. Maybe I should take a photo of it later on of the cake in the weeds. I do have very good CM Punkness going on here. This is, you know what? This worked out better than I thought it would, Joel. Zach Hadorn just showed up backstage. He's ready. I can pull him on while you go get yourself cleaned up. I'm not really going to get cleaned up. I will uh, be be pulled off. But the next time you see me, I will have a towel around my neck. I will be eating mini muffins. And they'll be looking like this. In honor of one year ago. Maybe I'll screw up my audio uh, as well. In honor of one year ago, the greatest one-year run in wrestling history, Mr. CM Punk, I pay tribute to you. All right. I'll see everybody shortly. We'll see you soon, Jeremy. All right. I think he's ready. Ladies and gentlemen, from SE Scoops, the managing editor, and from Brass Ring Media, the one and the only Zach Hadorn joins me now. How you doing, Zach? Oh, what's going on, Joel? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's been quite the weekend. I, uh... Man, I, I I came in right at the right time with that the the CM cake stuff with with Jeremy. Boy oh boy, you guys are you guys are getting after it this Monday morning. Hey, we got to start our mornings hot. <laughs> and we're on the main channel. We got to do whatever we can to pull the viewership. Sometimes you just got to put a little egg and cake on your face. That's <laughs> absolutely no. Thanks for having me. Um, it's uh, it's always it's always great to join you guys. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm really glad to be here. Well, Jeremy's going to join us in a few minutes. He's just going to get himself somewhat cleaned up i don't know what the plan is he's got a that that's a home jeremy problem <laughs> so let's i mean where do we want to start you were in chicago you are in chicago you you live in uh in chicago or at least outside chicago regardless you were at all the aw shows i see the freelance hat you were probably at freelance show as well yes. uh give me give me your like two three word answer for like how this week was for you as a fan really freaking busy really freaking busy um that's how i would say it but 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 really fun at the same time i mean i you know you get uh i'm lucky to have you know this event you know in my in my backyard here and it's you know a maximum 40 minute drive to really any of the shows and so yeah i was able to take in like some really good wrestling some really you know different kinds of shows um see a lot of you know the current big stars but then you know some 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 up and comers and some some folks that are grinding it out on the indie scene too and so it was it was a uh, it was really cool to be able to to do that and like and, and catch everything and yeah you're kind of of course running from place to place venue to venue but um but yeah i mean it, it's it's just it's fun to see you know people applying their trade and like doing their their art in front of in front of folks you know big crowds small crowds and everything in between so it was it was a uh, it was a blast Talk to me about uh, 
CM Punk, he was uh, terminated, let go from AEW on Saturday. We found out in the afternoon, just uh, hours before AEW Collision at the United Center. You attended Dynamite as well at the Now Arena. What was the what was the feeling going from Wednesday at Now Arena when it was still kind of a question whether or not CM Punk was going to be a part of AEW at all to Saturday night at the United Center when people found out that Punk is gone and you know Tony Khan had even addressed the fans uh, in attendance as well. Man, you know what? Like at Dynamite at the Now Arena was depressing. Like it was depressing. Like it, I I remember I walked in and I was like, are we? at a wrestling show or are we at like, you know, some kind of like work, you know, conference where everybody's like, you know, walking around on eggshells, like dynamite felt like, you know, a fan base that was tired that like knew there was like backstage stuff going on was just coming off of all in from the previous weekend, just days before and just, just tired. Like they really did. I, I looked, I remember looking around being like, man, there's, absolutely no energy in this, in this in this building right now and uh and that really stuck with me like i walked out of there going oh man they've got a a big uphill climb because between that day and sunday there's star cast tons of independent shows all these wrestling fans are going to be doing all this wrestling stuff and already on wednesday day one they're exhausted so i that stuck with me but then you know when we got to Saturday inside the United Center and the news about CM Punk like broke and people kind of had that definitive, okay, he's not going to be here. We we need to get on with our with our weekend and our on with, with our show. I think that helped energize things, to be completely frank. Like I think like putting that just just being able to discard that story and get on with the weekend helped a lot. Um Tony Khan, like doing that little sit down thing at the beginning of the show um, in front of the live audience on, on Saturday night, I think was risky <laughs> because, you know, you didn't know how people would react. And obviously people, there's a good chunk of the audience that was, you know, CM Punk apologists, if you will, or just fans. And, you know, Tony Khan had a hand in really turning the tide with, with Punk, like, I think sitting there and telling the story and being as passionate as he was, whether it was a put on or not, you know, it doesn't, I guess, I suppose it doesn't really matter because I think, you know, after he told the story about what happened and how, you know, upset he was about it and, but it was how it was the right thing. And um, I think he flipped a lot of fans that were like maybe ready to go in there and rebel to, uh, oh, well, yeah, maybe, maybe you can't be a 40 plus year old man, doing that kind of thing backstage and, uh, and, you know, maybe let's get on with things. And so that really helped. And so I think it like from dynamite to collision, it increased in energy. And then by the time we got to the pay-per-view, I think people were ready to just see this roster go out there and, and just kill it. And, and they did. And so I, you know, the sense I got walking out last night was that everybody was very happy with, with uh, how the night went and the show that they watched drama, aside i'm gonna bring jeremy lambert back in because he is back with uh a lot of cake on his face but uh jeremy (laughs) jeremy hi zach sorry that you've joined us on uh this particular show for this particular day you did professional work this week and then here you are with (laughs) us and me having looked like this all all show so but thank you thank you for being bad that that cake looks delicious right now 
it was very good. I will say it's it's probably like a week old at this point. Mm. So as it okay. drips down, um, yeah. It, but it, the the wife made it, and it was it was very good when it was edible. And now it's. I mean, I don't think anybody wants to. All right, it's just going to continue to drip. I'm gonna. <laughs> there we go. Okay, I don't think anybody wants it now. Uh, you look great, but, Jeremy. You thank, you. Great. thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Thank uh, you. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeremy. I don't know if you want if you have a question for Zach to, to kick this off, but we were just talking about the difference between uh, Wednesday and Saturday's show, just the the feeling, and of course the punk news dropping on Saturday as well, and how that all affected the audience. Yeah, I, I heard you talking about how Tony Khan came out there and then addressed the audience on on Collision and kind of changed things around and turned things into his his favor. Because I don't know if anybody really expected that. I didn't expect Collision to open with the video that it opened with, where he he addressed it. Uh, either so that was honestly a nice surprise and then the the press conference he was asked a little bit about it but didn't get too too much into it as far as i mean let's get into all out a, a little bit i think a lot of people didn't have high expectations for it and then by the end of it i think everybody can agree it was one of the the best shows of the year what were your expectations for all out and then after the punk news what were your expectations and then what do you think of the show overall so going into the show i i was you know, pretty just just critically down on the on on what they put together. Just because you know you have you're asking people to shell out fifty dollars after shelling out fifty dollars last week, and you you know you've got your two top stars in MJF and Adam Cole in a you know throwaway tag team match for the ROH titles. Um, you know, Soraya's not wrestling, and Sting's not on the card, and you know you know, and, and so. It just the Bucks are kind of in a in a in an eight person tag match, so it's like it just kind of felt like, all right, like I know that you know things <laughs> things happened, you know, and you're kind of stuck, but you know I still felt that you wanted to put a better foot forward in building this thing, you know, even if you only have have a week. And so I thought they kind of missed on that. Um, once they announced Brian Danielson for the show, like I I, I thought to myself, okay, that this card needed, needed that badly. Like it needed like some tip top surprise level star power to kind of just help, help pull the card up to pay-per-view pay-per-view level, so to speak. And so I thought he did a really great job of that. And, and that, that was a smart call. And I think it just, you know, emphasizes just how important like star power is. Like if you forgot, <laughs> if you forgot for some reason, you know, wrestling's still a star business, and uh, and the Danielson edition I think really helped. Once once Sunday came around though, and I was you know sitting at the bar before the show, just you know waiting waiting to go in and and having some drinks with some people. It was like, okay, like you're going to go see an AW show now, and it's going to be a pretty darn good show. Like they don't miss as usually, you know, when the act when it comes time to actually deliver like a pay-per-view quality show. And and I don't think that's something that if you're Tony Khan, you want to lean on like as a business practice with, no, you know, no question because you want people to buy the pay-per-views. But I think once you got past like, all right, the car has been built and they're going to go live in an hour. Um, you know, my anticipation was, was, was pretty high for like watching some of this stuff. And, and it turned out to be very, very good. Um, so again, I wouldn't make it a business practice to not build your pay-per-view because your wrestlers can deliver, but in this instance, given the circumstances, you know, um, he leaned on the talent and the talent came through big time. 
did it feel going into the show from others that there was kind of this feeling of like that we're just here for a show and then everything kind of turned around with the the work being done or did was it just kind of hot the whole way through and people just kind of trusted the process all the way no i think i think people like a lot of people the sentiment was more like me like everybody could recognize all right this is like on paper like not 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 a pay-per-view worth like level card necessarily um but at the same time they're you know, they already had their ticket. And so they're going to go in and just, you know, try to, you know, enjoy themselves. And I think that's, that's exactly what, um, that's exactly what, what, what happened. What'd you make of the the crowd really both nights? Cause I think a lot of people were expecting the CM Punk chance, the CM Punk takeover, everything. And it really didn't happen. Uh, so what'd you make of the crowd both nights for the show? The CM Punk stuff was crazy. Like, every, I mean, outside of when the young bucks were out there because it got a little rowdy at that at that time like so you know i would say that that you know when they were out wrestling or out there during collision there was a heightened sense of like cm punk positivity for some reason but at any other time throughout the show when there'd be just even like a hint of a cm punk chant they it was immediately drowned out by by just by booze and that i mean is is unheard of in, in this city, especially, you know, especially like, you know, CM Punk chants have been like the, the chant to do for, you know, disdain for the wrestling product that you're watching for, 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 for almost 10 years now. And so to hear that chant in Chicago of all places get, get drowned out was pretty, pretty amazing. And I, and I think t- telling, telling, telling that just how tired people are um, of, of that whole thing. And, um, you know, just kind of recognizing that, dude, can you, you know, just stop shooting yourself in the foot, you know, over and over and over and over and over again. And your hometown is now, you know, not, they may not be against you, but they're not like, you know, openly like rallying to your side either. So that was, that was a big surprise. Um, the, the pay-per-view crowd I thought was real, was a really good crowd. Like I, they <clears throat> normally with a long, AW and you guys can tell me better probably watching from home, but in the building, it didn't seem like you had like that lull time of the show where like the crowd got tired, you know, even if they were, maybe were into it, they just weren't as hot, you know, as at the end of the show as they were at the beginning. But I didn't get that sense being in there this time. Like everything was pretty, they were into, into these things, into these matches straight away. And, um, you know, even the main event. So I think, that stood out as a, as like a that 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 the card maybe not was where they wanted it to be, but the wrestling was was good enough to hook people um, for all nearly four hours of the show. So it was that was that was pretty uh, that was an interesting point too. Did it come across that way on TV? Go ahead, Jeremy. Oh yeah, I, I thought it did. I think the only real lulls were it started with Miro and Hobbs, but then the once the meat chance got in, right. like everything picked up in that match uh from there maybe a little in in ruby and in statlander otherwise i thought it was a well-paced well-positioned show from from start to finish and i can't remember any real lull on on anything honestly yeah yeah that's what it felt like to me too yeah yeah i i have a similar sentiment like me me personally i'm up you know early in the morning so i i started getting tired by around 11 o'clock eastern but you know you you know that the show is going to end by quarter to 12 and you just prepare for that and they went off the air at the right time the shows are 
pretty typically the same runtime. It's unless it's Forbidden Door that went longer back in June, but typically AW puts on a, a four hour pay per view, and you just know to, to plan for that. Um, speaking of meat based chance, now that CM Punk is out, you uh, you being from Chicago, are you are you gonna join the meat based chance? Are you gonna promote <laughs> the meat based chance here on out? That was crazy too. I, I, for a while, I was like, "What are they chanting?" And then I was like, "Are they chanting about meat?" Man, what a what a weird what a weird city. But it, it it made it hard to like judge the match. I was like, "Is this match actually good, or do people just really want to chant meat at stuff?" So I can't really tell. I know Jeremy and I are going to break this down a little bit later, but I will say this: it felt like the crowd was very into the match. But they also are well aware now, at least more than ever, that this is going to continue. The story has legs, and it probably has more meat to uh, to pick off the bone. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I, uh, my guess is, my guess is that there's a T-shirt on the way uh, for for both those guys that they're gonna that they're gonna make some nice royalties on, uh, or at least hopefully, hopefully they will. Assuming WWE and Biggie don't have those True. locked up in the trademark department. Yes, yeah, so that pesky Vince probably went online immediately and, uh, and filed the trademark that thing. <laughs> Just lying in bed watching the AEW product. <laughs> that, totally to yeah. that. that totally sounds like him, doesn't it? Does it? <laughs> I, I think the only other kind of lull was maybe the the tag team match Eddie and Shibata against Claudio and Yuta. Not that the crowd like wasn't into it but compared to the rest of the show you could tell it was down a little bit and i think most people wanted to see eddie win and then him losing to a european uppercut did not sit well with uh everyone and i know joel is going to say final battles the moment final battles the moment well, and it it's not, sorry it's not even that it's it's that match came right after an incredible strap match it did yeah very invested in so yes i understand completely what was going on in the moment but it's good, good. And, and that was like the Again, this is where it was well-paced, well-positioned of like, okay, you got this incredible stat match. Let's just kind of do a, for lack of a better term, meat and potatoes tag team match and then bring it back up again with Omega and Takeshka. Like, I think that was a by design kind yeah. of thing. And and so it's where it just, it came down to, I thought the pacing and everything was was really good throughout the show. Um, Zach, I do want to ask you about kind of your, your overall weekend, sort of moving away from AEW a little bit, but yeah. I saw you did some interviews. I saw uh, Nick Wayne was one of them. Nick Gage was another one. How was yeah. your uh, StarCast experience? StarCast was fun, man. It was really fun. It was, it was, a, it was a different experience this time than the last two here. Um, just, I think, a little more tempered. I mean, I think that there's an element of, um, you know, I don't want to say the town burnt out, but like, you know, burning out possibly like it just was a little, you didn't have that rabid, like rock star um, environment. You know, when these people are, when these guys are walking through, you know, the lines weren't as long, the, you know, just the overall, I didn't, you know, the stage shows, the ones that they had were excellent, um, but just not like filled with star power like they had been, um, like they had been before. So again, it was a really fun, uh, fun, fun weekend. And I think, you know, Conrad and the team um, and everybody over there just did a really nice job organizing everything um, and, 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 you know, getting the media access what what they, what they needed access to. I just think that it was just a little, you know, just a little tempered, just a little like less, um, less energetic than the previous Starcast. But hey, if you're there, that may be a good thing. You know, oh, I don't have to wait in line to meet John Moxley. Like, awesome! Like, <laughs> let's do it. So, 
you know, it's all a matter of it's all a matter of perspective, right? The talent, as usual, was you know tremendous, and I, I think that they to a to a to a person, you know, you know, kind of knew their job there is to sign for fans and and to be accessible because that's kind of the name of the game at Starcast is you know fan access to you and everybody that I saw was was really great. Um, Adam Cole was fantastic. I wrote you know a little piece for our brass ring media members on, on, on talking with him and, and watching him interact with, with fans. He, he was great. John Moxley was, <laughs> it, it's just it's so interesting to like, to watch. Cause you gotta, you kind of know John Moxley, he's reserved. And then you see him uh, interact with, you know, an eight year old kid who's like decked out in like John Moxley stuff, the black jeans, the leather coat. And, it's just fun to see like, you know, him, him, him do that. And um, the people that I talked to, you know, Nick Wayne was really forthcoming with, with like the differences between this year and last year. Um, Nick Gage was Nick Gage. I mean, (laughs) exactly what you, exactly what you'd think a Nick Gage interview would sound like is exactly what this one sounds like. You can check that out at at SC scoops on Twitter or on, uh, on YouTube and and I'd have to RBD as well. And he was, he was a blast. Um, to talk to and, and, a, and a host of other people, but it was, it was a fun, it was a really fun weekend. It was really fun. And it's always cool. You know, when you get wrestling fans all together, you know, pulling on the same rope of being interested in this stuff. And um, even though, again, yeah, it was a little bit of a slower star cast. It, it still served that purpose. I think really, really well. So, you know, yeah, props to the, the Conrad and the team. It was, it was a lot of fun. I want to be respectful of your time because I know uh, you've you've got some other stuff to to take care <laughs> of and 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 deal with. Uh, did you have a chance to go to the post show press conference last night? So I didn't. No, I did not go. We uh, divided and conquered um, with uh, at uh, uh, at SC Scoops, and so we had other representation there. But I um, I was the guy behind the scenes pulling the news pulling the news stories out of that uh, out of that out of that conference uh, out of the press conference. But I did watch it and. The one note that I would have again, not not being there, but I I thought, and I noted this on on Twitter too last night. I just thought it was, I thought it was Tony Khan's best media scrum yet. Like I think that he um, he didn't just look the part because he had a suit on, but I think he he was just he seemed really excited about what had happened, and I think he I think it that that helped. He also seemed like in control and. He answered what he could answer. He didn't have this like kind of look of panic, you know, in his eye, you know, like he has at other uh, post pay per view media scrums. Uh, not not even just all out last year, but like there's been other pay per view scrums where you're like, this guy is very very stressed, and here he was in control, giving answers, being forthcoming, um, and so I thought, and, and more than anything else, like seeming to be ready to move on ready to move forward, whatever that means, like without CM Punk, without the drama, without trying to figure out a way to fit him in to, you know, the, the, the show he talked about Jack Perry and how he's been indefinitely suspended too. So, you know, I think he did his best to say what he could to kind of get the story out there and then move on. And um, I think that, uh, you know, if, if, if that Tony Khan shows up more and if this situation you know, taught him a little bit on how to like lead a locker room and, and lead a, you know, a pro wrestling company that 
you know, it'll, it'll be a tough price to pay, but um, you know, a, a good one in the end. Joel just wanted to ask if there was any water at the media scrum. That's all he wanted to know. <laughs> so much water. Part of me so much that. water, man. I mean, you guys saw it. He just kept filling. It was like a never-ending water bottle. Yeah, but what about the people in the audience? Yeah, the, yeah the, the media members. Joel wants to make sure the media members are taken care of. They need to be hydrated. It's very important. We're talking, yes. too. Yeah, it's true. I, but I, you know what? I, I, I can't speak to that. No comment. No comment. No comment on the water. Zach, we appreciate you joining us this morning. Uh, I know it was a busy weekend for you. I know you were up late. I saw your tweets at 3.30 a.m. when I was also up as well. So it was <laughs> yes. a busy, busy weekend for, for a lot of us. And you are on the ground there in Chicago. Uh, thank you for joining us this morning. Let everybody know where they can find you at. I, look, guys, thank you so much for having me. It's always great to talk wrestling with you. Um, happy happy to do it. Always enjoy my time here. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach underscore Haydorn. It's right there. And you can also follow our new our new, uh, our new new project. It's called Brass Ring Media. Um, you can f- check us out on Twitter at Brass Ring underscore media for <clears throat> wrestling conversation like we just had. Uh, we've got a newsletter that uh, is updated regularly with stories and columns from a host of different people. Um, and you can subscribe for free there. And also if you want to just get the whole brass free media experience um, with this and exclusive shows, exclusive podcasts, exclusive YouTube content and videos and access to what has become a really fun um, discord environment. Uh, you can uh, find us on Patreon. It's $4 a month for everything. So a pretty good deal. And we will, um, we will make sure to earn earn that four dollars so give us a shot search brass ring media on uh, on patreon zach thank you so much for joining us appreciate your time and uh we're, we're gonna do it again there's always so much to talk about me i always appreciate when you're on awesome thanks, i buddy. appreciate you guys thank you thanks, thanks man there you go zach Hadorn from se scoops brass ring media appreciate him joining us uh on this morning because he had a you know, he was on the ground in chicago and he had a, a busy busy weekend joel to do the rest of the show and i look like this There's... it was great so you just want to you want to you want to get into it joel here we go do we want to get in the weeds yeah hostess mini muffins oh blueberry blueberry yeah hostess open seven days a week from what i know you can go to your local grocery store i don't have trouble like opening these uh you can go to your local grocery store and find them uh, Maybe not today because it's closed for Labor Day, but you know. I don't think grocery stores are closed on Labor Day. Well, mine are so. Really? <laughs> yeah, there's like there are a couple. Of, I was looking at this earlier because so this morning I went out for a very long walk with my kid, and not much is open. Not much I know. Like the major mall in Toronto, there are a few of them. They're open, but other than that, yeah, they're everything else is closed. A couple of beer stores. The, the Royal Ontario Museum is open. Probably going to go there later. Yeah, it's a, it's just a closed day. Okay. Well, I don't think I don't think they're closed here, even though it's Labor Day. But so, CM Punk well, Saturday first Saturday all, evening. I'll oh, go ahead. First of all, uh, if you haven't already, leave a thumbs up on the video because we haven't gotten there yet. And uh, while you're leaving a thumbs up, you can go ahead and uh, subscribe to both youtube.com slash fightful and of course over at youtube.com slash fightful overbooked where we normally do this show you should come and join us there as well every monday wednesday and friday at 10 a.m eastern until noon uh let's also grab your super chats any amount could question your statement read on the air of course sometimes we pull up some stuff from the chat depending on what's going on but your support is always appreciated because let's face it 
we we need to put more cake on Jeremy's face. I guess so. I guess. I mean, look, I committed to the bit, everybody. Not, you, no one will ever say that I'm not committed to to uh, this business. Saturday evening, CM Punk. Look, I, I should have gotten some spin drifts, but I didn't know the bit was going to go this way until it went this way. Okay? Sometimes you, I don't prepare for a lot of this stuff. I just do it, and then things come out of it. What can you do? But I do have my water. Uh, great value drinking water. There you go. Saturday evening, AW puts out a statement. Tony Khan said that he was going to have a decision on Punk by basically Saturday so fans would know, hey, if you're going to see CM Punk at the pay-per-view or not. So I think we all kind of expected some type of some type of statement to be made on the status of CM Punk. Saturday evening, I think it was roughly about 4 or 5 o'clock, the statement came out that CM Punk is contracted and terminated by AEW. Contracts. Contracts, yeah. It, it employ me an employee employee and wrestler contract. What the employee contract entails, we don't know. We may never know. But then he also had the the wrestler contract as well. About the employee contract could be as simple as, you know, Aubrey Edwards has an employee contract. Renee Paquette has an employee contract as well. A lot of people have an employee contract. Aubrey's a little bit of a different situation because she does stuff with games. Yeah. And I don't know what Renee's external role is, but yeah. Renee's still like a producer. Renee is like, yeah, she is like a producer kind of credit. So I don't know what what Punk's employee contract entails. And again, we may never know. Uh, Tony was not asked about that at the press conference or anything. And who knows if he would have answered it anyway. But yeah, it's some type of an employee contract along with his wrestler contract. So his contracts had been terminated. Tony credit to him. He addressed the Chicago audience before collision. And then he made a statement to open collision, which I was not expecting on that. And he said that punk endangered uh, people felt endangered backstage at all in Tony said that he uh, feared for his life at all. in. you can parse what you want out of that but the the fact is that the environment was not safe seemingly for tony and for a lot of people backstage that in that moment and then they apparently talked to people about just the last year with punk and they came to this conclusion i didn't expect punk to be fired i don't i don't know if anybody did i know a lot of people certainly were pushing for that. And when I say a lot of people, I mean just online. Like fans were like, you got to fire him, you got to fire him, you got to fire him. I don't know if anybody really expected it though. Tony did what he felt he had to do. And I think, I think it was a, a right decision, especially if people were, were not feeling safe, especially if, if people did feel threatened, especially if Tony felt his life was threatened. And I know that might just be lawyer speak of like, say this and then you can, uh, you know, Save, not save face, but again, the, the lawyers wrote up what, what they're going to write up. And Tony's going to kind of repeat that. Um, but yeah, if people didn't feel safe around there, then you probably should have fired him. And I said this last night, very late last night, of the last time Punk was gone, all out last year. There was always that cloud of when's he coming back? Because no statement was really made. It was just suspended. And then the elite came back a, a month later, two months later. They came back in like November. Um, 
they came back and it's like, okay, well, when's Punk going to come back? You heard about the new show in in March. Oh, there's going to be this new show coming. It's going to be the CM Punk show. And then that was officially announced in May. And then people got their fantasy ideas of, oh, Punk and the Elite, Punk and Omega. They're going to work it out, blah, 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 blah. There's none of that this time. He's gone. I think you saw last night at All Out, there was a weight lifted off of the company. Of there, there was a cloud gone of like, we don't have to worry about him and walking on eggshells and just whatever he being there entails. We know he's gone. We know he's likely not coming back unless a lot of things change in the, in the future. And now they can just move forward without having to placate or wonder about him and worry about him because I'm not even saying an ego thing. You got to placate his ego. He's a big star. He was a big star for the company. And when you have a big star like that, you've got to build stuff around him. And they did. They built a real world title around them. They built a show around him. Now you don't have to worry about that. You can start focusing on other stuff. And I thought they did a very good job of that last night. Joel, what were your thoughts when you found out that CM Punk was fired? So it was Saturday afternoon, like you said. I was at the park, my wife and I with our kid, and all of a sudden my watch buzzes and it's select and it's uh, Punk's uh, termination. And I stopped. Whatever I was doing, I stopped. My kid just fell on his head off of the slide. No, he didn't. Uh, I, he just we, we, we just stopped. We were walking and uh, I read it and I was like, oh, crap. And my wife was like, is this going to take up the rest of your, your night? And I said, not really, because it's Saturday. It's my day off. But this is big news and this is going to be talked about for a long time. So I kept up on the story. Nothing shocked me with this because the moment I read Tony's comment, never have I felt unsafe in at work or anything like that. Um, I don't want people to take this the wrong way. But the first thing I thought of was like, and this, this isn't a billionaire thing. This isn't a Tony thing. This is just a human thing. When it happens to you, your, your face and your feelings will change. And in this case, Tony himself, the owner of this company of, of all elite wrestling felt in danger at his own workspace where, where he does his stuff, uh, where he does his work. And it sucks that it took that experience for him to, to, to terminate his, you know, one of his favorite wrestlers, someone that he very clearly had a, a, a stake in, had a, a relationship with. I'm not going to call it a friendship because I don't know, but there was a relationship there. Um, and you could tell that it, he didn't want to do this, but also, I think enough people told him like what happened was not okay. And I feel like people have been saying that about certain circumstances for a little while. I'm not going to, you know, put words in anyone's mouth, but it wouldn't surprise me if we heard that. Uh, But uh, you know, there was a little level of shock because it came in Chicago at a pay-per-view right before a big, you know, a big event, a big Saturday night collision, which is typically the punk show at the same time. I, I do want to give Tony credit because he got ahead of it. He took the heat from the live crowd and the crowd was pretty willing to let it go and just be like, all right, it happened. It's fine. And it's better that he did it on Saturday because then he, on Sunday you come out and honestly, it was a reset for them in a lot of ways. That show, um, I went into it being like, I don't know what to expect. I came in with very, um, 
just uh, not even low expectations. It was just I was physically there and not physically in the arena, but sitting at my desk watching it and just being like, all right, what you got? And it ended up being a really great show. And I think because, like Chad has said, uh, this the, the weight felt lifted. And it sucks that that is the reality of the feeling that this story brought. Jeremy, we sat here on Monday last week, and we didn't want to talk about this. And then Wednesday and Friday, we kept having to talk about it because more damning info came out. And at that point, it was Friday, and we we're like, oh, my God, we're done. Like, the suspensions were talked about, were, were, and then there was the video footage, and then it was just like, all right, it's done. Like, we're, we, we can't keep doing this. The joke I made to Kate was like, what are you and I going to talk about on our show when we come back? Because CM Punk is no longer going to be on the, uh, on the thumbnail from here on in. But the good news is when you put on a show like Sunday night, like All Out, you'll have much more to talk about that will get people invested because the strap match alone really told the story of this company figuring it out in the last minute and getting shit together. Um, so Punk being gone, yeah, listen, his fans, his ardent fans, they're upset, um, some more than others. But I think with time, they'll see that this is beneficial for everybody. Uh, does this mean Punk could come back at one point? Sure, anything could happen. Punk could end up in another company. I don't want him an impact. But he could show up literally anywhere. And there will be a draw that comes with that. Sure, that's fine. But then it's going to be up to people to realize whether or not they can handle the, I'm going to say passion. Because I really think that at the end of the day, what punk brings more than anything else is passion for the for business and passion for his business, his business of being CM Punk. And if people know how to work with that passion and mold it into something that is undeniable and something that is just powerful without overpowering the rest of the show and the rest of the talent then you really do have money on your hands. And that's why the the conversation about him potentially going back to WWE, that really is one of the only places where what I just said is a possibility because I, AEW, I've said this a hundred million times here and elsewhere. um, The, the silliest thing that I ever heard anyone say was Aubrey Edwards saying, we wear a lot of hats here and we're really proud of that. And I'm like, good little engine that could i'm glad that this company is really proud of the the work they do given the limited staff power they have but in a case like this wwe has so many people that are going to keep this shit internal and not get it out as much as it has they can control it so much better because they have so many people working in their pr working in their their just any department they can to to plug a leak like this and um that's the only reason why I could see Punk going back to WWE, despite, you know, some people reportedly not being a big fan of him over there as well right now. I think the only place, if he goes back anywhere, is WWE. Or the NWA, baby. Billy's going to get no. that. I, I agree. I don't think he's going anywhere else. And, and because of that, because he does want a lot of control. And if he goes to another company, let's be honest, they're all smaller than AEW. Look what he did in AEW of uh, where he felt he was a little bit bigger than the company at times. He certainly felt he knew more than the elite and things like that. Um, 
and look, look what he he did. Look how he acted with that. If he goes to Impact, NWA, any of those, like it feels like it's going to be the same thing where he feels he knows best and he feels he knows what can take him to the top. He's got a chip on his shoulder, right or wrong. He does. And I think there was still, he felt a little scorned by WWE for what happened almost a decade ago. And that, hey, that's completely within his right. That was not a good situation. Everything when that fallout. I'm sure he wanted to throw that in their faces and be like, look, look what a big deal I am. Look what I can bring to a company. So if he goes to another company that is smaller than AEW, smaller than WWE, that chip is probably still going to be there, especially after all this. That's why it feels like WWE or nothing, because at least if he goes there, he will be in a big environment and maybe won't, maybe that chip will shrink a little bit. I'm sure he will still feel like he has a lot to prove because everyone does, but he won't overpower what else is happening there. Cody has talked about this uh, when he's been back in WWE. You have so much control and you have so much to do. You mentioned the we wear a lot of hats comment by Aubrey. You have so much to do and so much control in AEW. And in some cases that's good. But Cody has said like, I enjoy that I just don't have to do everything. I can, I can do certain things, but I don't need to worry about my next merch design. I kind of just do it, pass it on. I get the numbers. I don't have to micromanage every single aspect of my career i just kind of show up put on for the fans do what i can for the fans if i want to do certain things i can but i don't need to pour over every little detail like you kind of seems a lot of people have to do or need to do in AEW. wwe just has people who do that for you and maybe that's what punk needs maybe that works out better for punk he was in wwe for a long time he had a lot of success in wwe it didn't work out in the end because of various circumstances, but I don't, I don't think that was, I think that was a good controlled environment for him that just, you know, it, it ran its course at the end of the day. Um, you know, as far as him leaving AEW and him being terminated from AEW, it's unfortunate as a television viewer. Because I will say, when he came back in in August 2021, that first dance moment was very special. Uh, like that, that was an all time moment. I was there in Chicago for his first match back against Darby Allen, which was a, a fantastic match. I loved basically everything he did on screen until this last run where the the worked shoot stuff got a little bit okay. What are we doing here? It's not leading to anything. I, I said it many times. You're trying to shoot yourself into a work and it never turned out because he kept pushing. I'm going to take shots of the bucks and they'll want to work with me. It's like, no, this isn't how you handle it, man. They clearly don't want to do this. So you got to move on and put on your best television product and not worry about what they're doing. Get back at them by just putting on a better show instead of worrying about what they're doing and taking these shots at them to try to lead to an angle. If they don't want to do business and they don't want to work with you and they are leaving money on the table in your eyes, let them do that. But the fact is, he kept trying to push this stuff and he kept trying to tell everybody through various outlets, they don't want to work with me. They don't want to work with me. I'm trying to work with them. I'm trying to do all of this. He's trying to paint them in a bad light with that. His side was. 
And I think that ultimately backfired in a lot of ways. It should have just let it go. You got to frozen this and you just got to let this stuff go and just handle your own business. You know, there's the this he said, she said of the cancel. I know he said, he said of the canceled meeting in Atlanta. Was it ever scheduled? Did Punk thought it was going to happen? The Bucks just immediately shot it down and nothing was actually scheduled. You're just trying to paint people in a bad light of like, see, they didn't want to work with me. This is why I was so frustrated. It's been a year. You got to understand people can, and I've said this many times over the last year, what happened at all out last year involved the real people with real feelings and you can apologize, but you cannot control their actions and whether or not they accept their, your apology. And if you, and because of that, you can have your apology. If they don't accept it, you move on and you try to do the work to do the best you can on yourself and not worry about what they're doing. You don't have to worry about them. You're on different shows. You're doing your own thing. Just let them be. And he couldn't, he couldn't do that. And then he had his own actions and Tony Khan and the elite were not in control of that. Everyone needs to understand that no one forced anyone into the actions that were taken here. And, And I mean that not CM Punk clearly forced something when it came to Tony Khan terminating the contract. No one forced CM Punk to react the way he did to whether it was the petty shots by Jack Perry, whether it was the elite not forgiving him. No one forced the elite to act the way they did towards CM Punk in not forgiving him. These are their own actions. They could have made different choices on this, but the actions they took forced Tony Khan's hand into releasing CM Punk. I think it does suck as a wrestling fan who enjoyed CM Punk's performance on screen. I think for those behind the scenes at AEW, the vibes felt good last night with everything just behind them at this point. And I do give Tony Khan a lot of credit because he didn't have to go out in front of Chicago. He didn't have to justify himself on this. They put out the statement. That could have been the end of it. He was obviously going to be asked in the press conference. Or to put out a statement, that was the end of it. Or it could have been the end of it. He went out to Chicago, he faced that. He went on the start of collision, and he faced that. I don't know Tony Khan personally. I think people, I've said it. I've had various conversations with him. But there's a there's a human behind all of this. And we do know that Tony Khan liked CM Punk. They, clearly a big fan of CM Punk. You can make the CM Punk joke, CM Punk where he's chanting his name as he returns everything. Clearly a big fan. He wanted CM Punk as one of the first people in AEW. He's a fan of Punk. He kept Punk around after All Out because again, he is a big fan of this man. I can't imagine how difficult. And I I think they do had some or they did have some sort of friendship. I will go as far as say they were they were friends. I will say that because it, they were certainly friendly before everything kind of happened. I think it was very difficult for Tony Khan to do what he did on a week that should have not been about this. They should have been celebrating all in and what a success that was. They should have been celebrating all out 
and running Chicago three times and having a good market for that and being back in their home base and everything. They should have been celebrating all of that stuff. Instead, Tony had to deal with firing one of his biggest stars. And I think that sucks for him. And I give him a lot of credit for handling it and facing it and just trying to move forward with everything. We have a super chat from Real Take Wrestling saying, Jeremy's speaking yeah. so much truth right now. There you go. Thanks um, with cake on my face looking like an idiot, but appreciate it. Th- and, and honestly, this is this is basically what our show is like every single three times a week over on Overbooked. This is the stuff we do. We do really get in the weeds. We try to talk about this stuff from a, from a variety of points of view. Um, you brought up, you know, CM Punk the wrestler and uh, the amount of like excitement his return brought i was in vegas when we're getting ready for SummerSlam when that happened when the uh, the first dance show was and i remember l- putting my laptop like getting a, an hdmi cable putting it up on the big screen myself spencer love and jpj from uh, love wrestling just all sitting around the tv being like holy crap like this is awesome and just being so excited for that moment and then i went to grand slam and i saw his first televised match his first tv match uh at his return when he took on powerhouse hops for rampage and like again it was a good match and he just just seeing the difference from 2021 you know september 2021 till now uh it's it's upsetting in a lot of ways if you're a cm punk fan or at least a fan of, of his of his uh, abilities because his wrestling was was always fine like it was always solid but yeah it just got to the point where like you said there was whatever happened after all outs last year just never got let go and it it, it, it no but it affected it affected everybody and it's not just on punk like it's just the there was just a cloud that hung over the the entirety of the company and it affected everybody in its own way well, it, it was not only all out. You know, if you listen to punk, it would dates back to the hangman and the, the workers rights yes. line. Yes. Could that have been handled better then and there and squashed immediately? Maybe punk clearly was not happy that it was not handled a certain way. And because of that, if you read the ESPN article, he said he didn't feel it was handled well. Hangman hit him in the face with a chop. He felt he could not trust Hangman after that. that that's Punk's right to feel that way. My, my thought is if you feel that way about this guy, maybe again, stop trying to shoot yourself into a work with these guys. If you feel you can't work with them and you said, hey, I can't trust you in the ring. Let's work together. Like just get move on from it. You can't trust them. They can't trust you. Okay. I think certain things could have been handled better before we got to all out last year. And then we got to all out and then what happened happened and it wasn't good for anybody. And I do think that there was still a lot of feelings and resentment around that, that were not handled. And we said it when collision started, it's probably a ticking time bomb. Like this is probably not going to work out so well that CM Punk has his own show and we're just going to try to divide here. And that's how everything's going to be fine because pay-per-views you can't divide people and what do you know the first big pay-per-view i know there's forbidden door but the first big pay-per-view was all in and look what happened at all in and forbidden door was just good vibes because it was like two weeks after collision returned and punk returned it's like okay two weeks best behavior then we got months 
of TV and months of stories. And then it became, okay, it's all too much. Things probably could have been handled better with Hangman over a year ago and the workers' rights. And maybe Punk would have felt a different way. And maybe none of this happens. But the way it got handled, got handled. And then people could not control themselves moving forward. And I mean that on on both sides because I don't I don't know Hangman I don't know if the the slap was intentional the face of the hit I'd like to think it wasn't but I don't know regardless Punk felt he couldn't trust him after that Punk handled it the way he handled it the elite side handled it all the way they handled it I think everybody and Tony did or did not take enough action on that I think back then everybody could have handled it a little bit better it wasn't it's all led up to this. And then, unfortunately, it meant the end of of CM Punk because he could not handle certain things well leading up to and then at All all In. We're probably going to have two more episodes of stuff, info, conversation that comes from this. I'm hoping the moratorium is over by next Monday. I just do because I'm sick of it. You know, I, I, I know Sean says it all the time. You know, he'd rather be doing contract news and happy, happy. And I get it. And then people want to talk about the, this kind of stuff. And I understand why I, I said it on Twitter. I said, listen, I was following the drama and talking about it as much as anyone. And, and I wouldn't say enjoying it, but at least um, the conversations were enlightening in certain aspects, but like, I'm ready to move on. I think a lot of people are ready to move on. And I think last night's all out was very good proof of that. Let's, let's talk about all out for a little bit because the show, in my eyes, over-delivered. I don't think that's a, a, a statement that people would fight. Um, the strap match was the standout for me. That was that was the match. Mox and and uh, and Orange Cassidy, by the way, that was another one that I expected it to be really good. And the reason for that is, again, as we've talked about on this show, you have Moxley, who's a multi-time world champion. You have someone who is, you want to talk about pillars, he is their heavyweight pillar. He is someone that has been trusted and someone who has been part of that company as an A-plus VIP player for so long, basically since, well, not since Inception, but let's just say Inception for the sake of arguments. It has been since Inception. He was there the first show, Double or Nothing. Was he there? Was Double or Nothing the first show? I keep thinking that there was a show before that. No, Double or Nothing was their first show. He wasn't there at the big Jaguars announcement. Sure. He's been there since everything started. He came off like the biggest star on the show at Double or Nothing when he made his debut he was the outsider. people did not expect it he was the outsider because jericho came in in the first he was on the first uh event anyway but yeah moxley's been there since the beginning and and orange cassidy has been there as well since the beginning and both men have never given this issue to the company and is have done basically the most that they could to get over two very different characters and two very different styles of wrestling. And for me, that match just, it worked, man. It was good. Uh, I said it online, the, the um, Intercontinental, not the Intercontinental. Oh, my God, I knew I would do it. The International Championship uh, was, this was the rare time where you had two contenders and a championship all elevated in the same match. And it didn't matter who won and it didn't matter what the outcome. Well, it would have, but in this case, it doesn't matter what the outcome would have been. Everyone was going to look good out of this and they found a way to do it. 
I love that the championship changes hands to somebody who is very highly regarded and very talented. And at the end of the night, all the focus was on Orange Cassidy and everyone was cheering him. And that elevates him further after his first main event pay-per-view match. Uh, that, that, those are just the first two hits I've got. What, what do you want to talk about on all that? I'm going to go slightly negative to start. I apologize for that. How dare you? I know. I know. It's not. Look, I the show itself, I got nothing bad to say about the actual show. That was one of the best pay-per-views of the year. It might be the best pay-per-view of the year. My negative comment is that it does not excuse the build of it. And I think that's what, you know, people are like, oh, AW, they put they put on this great show. They put on this great show. The talent. Yes, they did. When we talked about this show, I said it'll probably be a very good show because you look at these matches, you look at these wrestlers, everybody's really good. So I had no doubt that it was just, I didn't think it was just going to be like, oh, this show sucked. Ha ha ha. I thought it was going to be a good show. It was better than I expected, but it does not excuse the card that kind of got put together the the week of and i know plans had to change certainly with, with cm punk but he only affected that one match and look they made up for that in a big way because when you give me brian danielson if you are new to this show that is the goat right there that is the all-time goat brian danielson that's my favorite wrestler of all time so when he came out to accept that i was like this is better than punk to me so i was super thrilled that, that brian danielson was the opponent for for ricky starks Again, it doesn't excuse that some of these matches, there wasn't a lot of care going into the build. And I do hope moving forward, coming out of this show, we can continue to refocus. Uh, We can just shift the focus, refocus on things and get back to just better builds with stuff. Because they got another pay-per-view in less than a month now. And now you got to build that. You got Wrestle Dream on October 1st. Now you got to build that. And you got to get to Grand Slam, which is on the 20th. In a couple of weeks, you have a world title uh tournaments to determine who's going to face mjf and last night i think we just picked two well one one really good choice and the other one is a very good story choice yes um talking about samosa joe and and roddy strong by the way well i look forward to joe and and, and mjf on that uh you know they they recreated the all-in uh footage there with joe Putting him in a guillotine. I know the shove was a callback to the NXT stuff. People online were like, do you not understand the reference? It's like, no, it's all over my timeline. I can't, I, even if I didn't understand, I'd quickly get it with how many people were posting the gift. So can I talk about the irony? This was my favorite. Garrett Kidney. I love Garrett. I know you do too. Posting like, here come the engagement farm accounts, posting the NXT footage for likes and clicks. And I'm thinking to myself, doesn't impact do that for every single <laughs> event that a wrestler shows up on. It's yeah, Garrett favorite. rules though. Garrett does rule, but I just saw it. And I was like, this is the best tongue in cheek comment ever. Yeah. Garrett knows what he's doing. Garrett of knows course. But anyway, I understood the reference when he shoved them. That was very clearly the nod to NXT, the callbacks to NXT MJF going after him. And then the guillotine choke and being broken up. That sounded like what we heard was happened at all in. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I don't want to, I don't want to go too negative because it was a great show. I will say again, just because the show was great does not excuse that the, the build was a little lackluster on this and could have been better. All of that said, all the wrestlers went out there and this is where I give them a lot of credit because 
they could have. They could have very easily been like, you know what? This match doesn't feel super important to me. Certain people, anyway, could have been like, this match is is what it is right here. And then all this stuff is happening. We had a lot of travel this past week because a lot of these people were in London. All the stuff with Punk has come out. Maybe we just take it a little easy. And they did it. Redman Survivor says, felt like the whole roster had a points prove. And I do think that. And I think there's a reason for that in who was on this show and who performed the way they performed. And I say that of MJF and Adam Cole got a lot of pride. Brian Danielson, a lot of pride. Ricky Starks, a lot of pride. Samoa Joe, especially after all this stuff happened, a lot of pride. Locker room leader Samoa Joe. What's that? Locker room leader Samoa Joe. 100%. Moxley, Orange Cassidy, a lot of pride. These guys, after everything that happened, we're probably not going to go out there and be like, yeah, let's just sort of mail this in and people will forgive us and people will understand and stuff. No, those are the guys that are going to go out there and be like, fuck you. We are going to prove that we are still the best wrestling company. We are going to prove that we are still the best wrestlers in the world. And even if these matches ain't the most built things in the world, even if everybody's telling us, oh, this card is a throwaway card. It doesn't feel like a pay-per-view. And even if there's this stuff going on behind the scenes that were going on, those are the guys you want when your back is up against the wall to go out there and deliver. And we hear it all the time when it comes to guys like Moxley and even now Orange Cassidy and even MJF and Brian Danielson. Those are the leaders who lead without saying we're the leaders we don't do this on Saturdays or we don't do this on Wednesdays. They just go out there, they handle their business and they put on great professional wrestling for people. Locker room leader, Jeff Jarrett. Hey, look, man, that was uh, I didn't like the Sanjay Dutt wearing a Pistons Jersey. And then they wore bulls gear. That's weird. What are we doing here? Mixed message. And Tony didn't pay, pay, pay for Alan Parsons project either, which was, you know, come on, Tony. Listen, he has he has a new influx of money from all in and contract situations, but he just threw it all at Europe and said, "Give me final countdown again." He's like he's like the Fabergé egg from The Simpsons, where where Bleeding Gums Murphy goes down the the Fabergé egg obsession and just spends all his money on it. Tell you what, I've had enough. <laughs> I don't understand your Simpsons reference. I know you and Kate. That's why I make them. The only I, person I have to do a show with Will Washington. He's the only one who'd get it. The wife might be. She might message me here in a second. She loves me too. If she gets yeah. it. <laughs> she will probably get it. I don't understand any of this stuff. You know what I do understand though, Joel. I understand Brian Danielson being the greatest professional wrestler of all damn time. I don't know if this man was fully cleared. He said that there was smoke and mirrors because he didn't use his uh his arm that was broken. He didn't have to throw a strike. No one paid attention to him throwing a strike. He's whipping people in the face out there. Danielson has said, and this might be a lie. Danielson loves to lie. Cody taught him how to lie. It is on like blood. He's bleeding like two minutes into this match all over the place. Made Ricky Starks, who's already very good, made him look like a damn star out there. Brian Danielson's the best in the world. The best of all time. Go argue with a wall. 
if you disagree. There was a um, a moment where you can see. So so uh, Brian Danielson had his arm wrapped up where where the injury is right where he had the surgery, um, and it starts to come down a little bit the bandage, and you can see that there's a plate or something that is like holding it together. I'm not saying. You know, did he come back too early or is he actually good? I don't know if that's a, uh, something he's going to be wrestling with for the long term. But like, again, it seems like he's back. He did everything he could to make uh, the match what it was and also work safely because I wouldn't be shocked to find out that he's not at 100%. And that's fine. That's his decision. I'm not going to sit here and be like, how could he? No, you know what? Dude's a team player. He wants to come back. He wants to play. Fine. Plenty of people in plenty of sports do the same thing for better or worse. And he's like, I'm in the twilight of my career. I just want to talk about flaccid penises and have great matches. That's great. I'm glad that the Hobbs power hour was created specifically for you this weekend, Jeremy. So good. Talk about that in a minute. But the point is in this match, he did everything that he needed to do to get everything over again, going back to the main event. This was another match. I expected this to be the finish of Starks being choked out, not actually submitting or getting pinned because guess what? Starks looks like a badass when he does it like that. And it didn't make anyone look bad. It made Brian look like the the cold-blooded killer that he can be. And everything just worked in this match. It was fun. It was good. Even Ricky Steamboat was good when he froze up like Mitch McConnell for a second. <laughs> there was some really good stuff in this match. And I, I think I went out, I, I, again, that's why it's on the thumbnail. Because, you know, it was just the match for me. This is one of my favorite matches all year at the end of the year this might end up being my favorite match because I, osprey and omega the the first i like the first one better than the second one um i know i'm in the minority with that but i, I really love their first match uh that's up there as well those are the two that immediately come to mind yeah, look man brian that's the best right there that's the absolute best he's whipping ricky in the face with the strap he's getting whipped in the face with the strap i love when when they were doing that, and Ricky's just like running out of energy as he's hitting Danielson because Danielson's just firing up more, and Ricky's just like, "What the hell is wrong with this man that I'm whipping him in the face with this strap, and he is just impervious to this?" He's hulking right up. Now. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, he was hulking up on it, and it made look, Ricky look great because you pass out from the the blood from being choked and everything. You know, Ricky has always come off like a star ricky looks like a star he carries himself like a star he talks like a star but i think people wanted to doubt his wrestling ability a little bit because maybe he just hasn't always had the opportunity i thought he did very well in the punk feud but but ricky has always felt clean it was very and i know other people have made this analogy orton and foley-esque where randy orton always felt just very clean and then he feuded with foley and foley gave him that edge in that with, with the you know doing the hardcore match spitting in his face and everything it's like oh this guy is a little clean cut but if he needs to to get a little down and dirty he can and that's what happened last night with ricky and brian danielson ricky can come out with his louis vuitton bags and his shoes with no socks and his nice uh clothes and everything that cost more than houses but when it came down to it, he went in there and he mixed it up with a guy who is certainly not afraid to mix it up and get bloody and get dirty. And he held his own. And maybe he lost. But the way he lost 
shows that he was still not afraid to get down and like that. And so I think that did a lot for Ricky Starks. And yeah, his uh his promo uh on collision was fantastic as well. Cause there was some truth in him being like missing out on some opportunities because just stuff has gone sideways. He was supposed to, I don't think it's a secret. He was supposed to work with punk last night and it didn't happen. And I think it worked out better for him. And this is not to take away from CM Punk either, because I think Punk would have done a lot for Ricky in this moment in in a strap match like that, because we know Punk has that grit to him, much like Danielson. Danielson's just at a different level than everybody else in the world, including CM Punk. Unfortunately, I have to uh, report that Smash Mouth's lead singer Steve Harwell passed away. That is very unfortunate. I used to smash the line the other day and I used it. I know. Not, not even knowing that he was not doing well. I used it because people online are stupid. They are. Unfortunately, he had been battling alcoholism for a long time. There's a whole background to that. It was a, there was a show in, I think, 2021 that was his final show and he just was in rough shape. Uh, he, he lost a kid very, very young. Uh, but anyway, I, that I think sent him down a rough path, but yeah, I, I read last night during the during the AW show that the lawyers say you know he's on his last his last uh, legs, and unfortunately, yeah, that that's the uh, that's it for Steve Harwell. He's passed away, fifty six years old. That sucks, but uh, you know I'm sure we'll we'll blast All Star today in his honor. But uh, yeah, sorry, I, I just wanted to bring that up because it came up during AW last night that I saw it. But here we are. Um, where do we go from here? Because this ma- again, that match, that strap match was fantastic. And what else stood out really to you on this show? You haven't really had a chance to talk about Mox and, uh, and Orange Cassidy yet. I know I put my cards out on the table. Do you want to add anything to that? No, it was great as we all expected it to be. And the two guys that I think had a lot to prove in this. Look at the promos that led up to it. I thought Orange Cassidy's promo on Wednesday was fantastic. I thought both of their little packages on, on Saturday were, were great. Moxley is so good in this settings and Moxley, especially when he's the guy that always gets called upon on this, right? It's almost the joke of like Moxley can't go on vacation because people keep fucking up. And so they got to call upon Moxley of like, he's going to carry this whole thing. You know, Orange Cassidy talking about like the weight always falls on you. I want to take that weight off of you. And to do that, I got to beat you. Moxley talking about like putting Orange Cassidy over saying, I know how good you are. I, I know you have taken away from your detractors and you've proved a lot of them wrong. I don't care. I still got to put you in the dirt for all this. I thought the, the two video packages on Saturday were excellent. And they went out there. And again, the pride that these guys have. We know Moxley is very ride or die AEW because of all it's kind of brought him since he's come. Orange Cassidy, people forget about that when, when it comes to him because he was very in large part an elite signing. He was one of he was part of that first wave of signings. And he was a guy who on the independent scene did things his own way. And that's what AEW was founded upon to, to start with. It's like, hey, these indie guys who have found themselves and gotten over, and now we're gonna make them into national stars. And Orange Cassidy is one of the best built. I don't know if you want to call him homegrown because he did have a name for himself on the independent scene beforehand but certainly the look at the start of him where he was just meme wrestler and doing the the kicks and oh i don't get it you know a lot of people have famously said they don't get orange cassidy and now look at him there's no denying him 
excellent, excellent match. Um, I think it was the right call putting the belt on Moxley. Orange Cassidy got the flowers at the end of the night with the, the thank you, Orange, and got to be there in the middle of the ring as he tried to stand and now get he needs to go on a, a vacation. And now you got Moxley with this belt, and I think you're going to see that belt get elevated even more with John Moxley. And I look forward to the follow-up of a lot of this stuff because now we've got two shows. I don't want to move on fully from All Out, but now we've got two shows where our pal Andrew Zarian said that the soft split is kind of over. And now we're going to see what both shows look like where you got two shows. You don't have much of a roster split. Guys can appear on whichever show they need to appear on to build stuff. I very much look forward to see what collision looks like. And I hope it continues to have a distinct identity because I do. I did like that about collision. I like the cold open promos. And then I like that the, there was a little bit more focus on longer matches, certainly like the main events. It felt like there was a 30 minute main event every single week. There was a focus on certain people and the focus went away from people uh, for, for some reason, but there was a focus on certain people. And I hope that kind of continues with collision dynamite has its own frenetic pace that i know a lot of people love and enjoy and collision felt a little bit more slow moving and i want that to continue with with these two shows from the conversations i had had when um when punk was was involved with everything on collision there were the feeling was it's not just punk who feels like this should be this way and so good if that's the case and that's the way they want to do it then i agree with you i think collision does and it would benefit from being completely different from dynamite in certain ways in the ways that you just expressed. So yeah, it feels like they want to keep similarities between both shows, which is to be expected, but also it feels like they'd want to keep collision uh, in the same kind of presentation, which to me is perfect because I do really enjoy collision and, and it, it it's telling that certain fans enjoy one show over the other, but now instead of enjoying it because of, you know, one side versus the other side on one show and not the other show. Now the crossover is going to also give the opportunity for certain acts who are almost always on dynamite to start working over on collision uh, and, and make things a lot more fluid and different presentation styles to their characters, which that is where the benefit lies. If AEW continues to, to promote collision and dynamite in a similar way. Also, don't always have to do Ring of Honor tapings at the one show. You can now have Ring of Honor tapings at both shows. I understand Rampage is often taped after Dynamite, uh, but things can kind of be split up a little bit. Not with Rampage, but with Ring well, of Honor. They were taping like a couple, at least they did yeah. this a few times. They took a they taped a couple Ring of Honor matches before Dynamite. Maybe they go back to to doing that a little bit. But yeah, Rampage is always going to be taped after Dynamite because it airs on Fridays. You obviously can't tape the show on Saturday unless you're going to air it the following Friday, which I don't know (laughs) why you would do that. I mean, that's what they did the the one week, all in week. That's basically what they had to do. Um, So yeah, I, I do think maybe you'll see a couple more ROH matches taped during or after dynamite and you know we'll, we'll see but yeah they can at least do a little bit more roh there i don't like the roh tapings after all those people leave people just don't seem to care i i, I hope roh gets some type of focus again but yeah that's kind of why i'd like them to continue doing them before both shows setting them up you know 
uh, at separate times because the third taping it on Wednesday for a Thursday show or at least a week in advance. Like it, again, it comes down to taping schedule and what they want to present going into major events. So I'd also love for you know that the champions other than Athena to be presented more often on the show on on the Ring of Honor show. But that's just me. I'll let, I'll let uh, the people who cover Ring of Honor to uh, talk about that stuff. Uh, I do you want to do you want to touch on what, what else do you want to touch on? I figured maybe we too. Um, sorry, I, I had it in my notes and I forgot. Oh, oh, uh, meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a, a lot of meat again. I thought that when we're talking to Zach, the match was a little slow to, to start as far as the, the crowd being really into it and i don't think that's fully a knock on miro and hobbs like i think people were excited for this match but they like both guys and it was kind of a we want both of these guys and then they just started going into the meat excalibur even did the big meaty men slapping meat line and then sort it seems like the crowd just picked up on all of that uh, I know our, our pals, uh, Tag Talk Duo, Haley and Kylie, Section 105 is taking credit for all of this meat. Uh, they apparently got all of this started. And look, it made the match certainly mean something and certainly feel like a bigger deal than it, it may have been if the, the meat stuff wasn't there because it's going to be memorable for that. It's, it's going to be memorable. And now, as we've seen with wrestling fans, this will probably pick up a little bit and they'll probably capitalize on stuff. I'm interested in what Lana CJ Perry, where she fits in all of this because Miro acted like he could not see her and she is not real. She is denounced. He has denounced her. And even though she is hot and flexible, he does not want that in his life, which I don't understand that. What was your reaction when you saw hot and flexible on the big screens on the top there? <laughs> that you... was hilarious. I love Miro. I love that. Like she had to like her husband's getting beat up by Hobbs and stuff. And she like has to hit her pose and kick her heels off and everything. And then she gets ripping. down there. Yeah. <laughs> then she gets down there and you know, she uses the chair, which didn't really work on Hobbs, but no, I thought it, I thought it was fantastic. I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. I think we all expected her to come in at some point, especially when he started, uh, the hot and flexible uh, comment. And you know, again, Miro did denounce her. I remember that. I was a little caught off guard on that when he was like, you know, my, my wife, I no longer pray to her. My God, I no longer pray to her. I was like, oh, wait a second. I thought you still loved your wife because uh, her hotness and, and flexibility here. And then, you know, so, so Miro's keeping it, keeping that alive and we'll see sort of where it goes. I hope it doesn't get too soap opery because I think Miro's great and I love the Redeemer stuff and I don't need to see him do kind of the WWE shtick with uh, Lana and, and the, the soap opera stuff. Oh, they're absolutely going to go soap opera. Eh. It's going to, it's going to be like passions. Cause he's already like, you're not real. That motherfucker is not real. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can't do a Bulgarian accent. Get Maggie to do it later on. Anyway, I do like where it's going. I like that she came out and it was inevitable. It really was. You know, we talked about it. People talked about it for so long. You know, when's CJ Perry going to be here? What's going to happen? Uh, I think Tony Khan had said in the media conference that uh, she's not on a, on a long-term deal. So yeah. whatever this is could easily, it could change. But as of right now, seems to be part of the, the longer story. Um, I had made the, the joke online and I kind of stand by it that it feels like Hobbs will bring in like Summer Rae, Danielle Monet, 
she's been wanting to do. She's been wanting, <laughs> listen, I know, I know, but she's been wanting to get involved with AEW for a while. They've been talked about in the same circles, uh, not Pops, but but CJ and Danielle. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to see a uh, intergender no. tag match, but I could see one, you know, with the other and just something coming out of it. Don't love it, but it's there. It's on the table. I don't, I don't like that at all no i don't i don't want the soap opera stuff miro's presentation has felt very real and very authentic and i've gotten behind it hobbs kind of the same way especially with like the book of hobbs stuff and him trying to tell his story with everything i don't need getting involved in soap operas and hey let's call back to this stupid angle that wwe did that's dumb absolutely not i i hope they don't go that route need a fish head and we need one night in milwaukee and we need no i hate it too i don't want to do that no we're gonna bring in aiden english for all of this <laughs> it's miro day don't <laughs> like any of that. he's too busy doing really great work with impact so let's just yeah. leave it at that i do enjoy his commentary uh but he is getting back in the ring so there is that as well <laughs> i don't think matt rayball's i'm not gonna say i i don't think it'll happen but it could happen that's for sure uh but yeah the match itself like we talked about with zach hadorn earlier in the show it was like it was a really good match and it felt like it ended kind of abruptly like we could have done more but then we saw the beat down from Hobbs and everything that happened afterwards and it's like oh no we can absolutely revisit this and it would be just as good uh potentially better depending how they tell the story so I'm excited I'm, I'm looking forward to whatever they tell out of this uh I just don't know where it goes I don't know if you have anything else in your head about that no I they're gonna do something with Miro and, and CJ Perry again I don't want to get too hokey that's it yeah uh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about from this show or if you want to move on and uh, talk a little bit about payback. Samoa Joe should win the AEW World Heavyweight Championship from MJF. Put all the belts on Samoa Joe for any reason. Come up with your own reason. I don't care. Just put them all on Samoa Joe. He rules. Match with Shane Taylor was... It was fun. It was a short little sprint, but Samoa Joe is always great. I love when he shoved MJF, gave that little smile, put him in the guillotine. MJF and, and Adam Cole, um, very curious to see where the ROH tag team title stuff goes. The Dark Order match was fun, but we all expected who was going to win that. It was. I know they won a battle royal and stuff, but the, the expectations certainly weren't high for this. They delivered. What not there was a lot of investment in MJF and Cole, certainly. But as far as like the match itself, I don't think I don't know how much investment there was on that. Very invested in Samoa Joe beating the shit out of everybody. Very invested in that. Looks good when it does happen. So hopefully we see more of it. I'm fine with that. Give me all the mimosa Joe. Give me bottomless mimosa Joe. No, don't, no, no. Don't don't give me that. Don't do that. Stop it. You're gonna we, we don't condone drinking on air. Oh, is the, I, I, I never mind. You didn't get the actual. I got it. Bottomless Mimosa Joe. You want Samoa Joe with his pants off. For I some did reason. not say that. That's what you said. I did not say that. I said bottomless mimosas. Uh, Maybe, I yeah. know. And so I tried to go with that. And then you said I didn't get the I got the joke. No, Joel. Listen, listen, we got to up. change the story. No, we don't. We got a half hour left here. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Fightful Overbooked once a month at the first Monday of the month. We're here on youtube.com slash Fightful. So come and join us. Get the super chats in. Leave your thumbs up while you're here. Let's keep going. Let's talk about payback. Why? 
because the show wasn't that bad either. It was another one of those over-deliver shows. Come on. We got to talk about that cage match. We are contractually obligated because of, of contract. Me. I, that's true. Neither do I. But we are uh, bonded by the cake to discuss the conversation of the cage match between Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus. That was a great cage match. Come Can on. Can we stop having people interfere in cage matches? I'm tired of this trope. The cage matches to prevent all of this. Stop having people get involved. It's dumb. I did really enjoy this match. Becky worked very hard. Trish worked very hard. They clearly went out there with, with something to prove after all of the, we're going to get move it back and everything. We're not going to be on SummerSlam, you know? Oh, we're going to do a match that ends in a double count out. They worked very hard. Becky, Becky and Zoe was very good on Monday. Becky and Trish was very good on Sunday. Uh, I don't, or Saturday. We'll see. I don't know if Trish is sticking around any further. You know, Zoe kind of laid her out after the match because Trish did, was not thankful for her non-help in the match. So I don't know if that's the send-off for Trish or if she sticks around and she does work with Zoe and puts Zoe over, which I think would be good for Zoe. Uh, as we, we shall see on that. But that match was was excellent and uh, credit to, to both of those women. I still hate the uh, let's do interference spots in a cage match. Yeah, I entirely agree with you. Uh, everything you said is kind of how I came out of it, but I enjoyed the cage match very much. Uh, if you do have Zoe Stark and Trish Stratus, I could see it being picked up next year at the Rumble. Have yeah. Trish kind of stay out until Zoe. Let's keep Zoe as a as a heel. Like keep her as a heel for now because I just think she's better that way. Uh, and then have Trish be the big surprise entrance. People will be excited for that. And she'll go after Zoe Stark, start something going into Mania season. Doesn't necessarily have to be a WrestleMania match, but you do have two nights. So it could be if it's big enough. Uh, and then you go from there. And then, yeah, I would like to see Zoe be put over in that whole regard because she is the younger talent. She is the newer talent. So why not put the emphasis on, on that? It'd be fun. Trish Stratus telling the fan to shut the fuck up was the moment <laughs> of the match. I'm sure she had a, a really good time doing that too. <laughs> I get it. And we all want to do that sometimes. Anyway, uh, we don't have to go through much of this, but uh, that tag title match, that the, the street fight. That was great. Bonkers. I made the joke about, you know, Sammy and KO come out wearing the Penguins jerseys in the second half of the match. And for those who, who didn't figure it out, yes, the, Lemieux and Crosby are two very popular captains from the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're also both Canadian. And Sammy KO also Canadian. That's why it wasn't like Malkin or Yager or anybody, you know, from anyone not Canadian from, from the Penguins. This is a really, really good, solid tag team street fight. Just a lot of plunder, a lot of high spots, a lot of fun stuff. All of Judgment Day getting involved. Um, it works because it makes Sammy KO look strong in defeat. Uh, but it also just makes Sammy KO kind of look dumb at the same time because they had to see it coming and they didn't have any friends. Two comments. One, Ron Francis, uh, erasure from the, the Canadian side. Yeah, of because, things. yeah, but that's just because Ron Francis really got popular as a Carolina hurricane. Ron Francis erasure. He, he could have certainly fit the bill. Also, it wasn't Malkin or Yager because Lemieux and Crosby are the two greatest penguins of all time. I'm just saying some people have to be number two. And in this case, they could have picked a number two. No, no. 
They were. I, I love that spot where they came up with the uh, Penguins jerseys that rolled. Um, yeah, KO and Sammy looked dumb not having a plan for a five-on-two street fight. Yeah, what was Cody doing? Yeah, I thought they were all... Cody all was fight. getting his big announcement shored up. He was making sure that they dotted the T's and crossed the I's, and they had to make sure that the new theme music was good and that they didn't have an extra Y in Jey Uso's name. <laughs> Great street fight unfortunate end to the tag title reign of Sammy and Kevin, because that was a hell of a moment uh, at, at WrestleMania. And then the follow-up, the follow-up with the night of champion stuff was good. But after that, they didn't really do much with the belts. And that was unfortunate. It felt like they left some stuff on the table with those two. Uh, I know Kevin kind of got hurt and maybe that took some plans away, but it felt like they could have done more. Now we're all in on judgment day I guess this is a way I'm a little concerned that we talked about, you know, what's SmackDown going to do without Roman Reigns. Roman's gone. He seems like he's going to be gone for a little bit. Who gets elevated in that spot on SmackDown? Now Jay is on Raw. Jimmy's there. Solo's there. Seems like they're doing something with AJ and uh, OC against maybe Solo and, and Jimmy. I hope it just doesn't become, hey, let's just put Judgment Day on both shows. Because now they're the tag team champions, and it feels like they could do that if they wanted to. And I don't really want that. They're already a big enough part of Raw, and that's fine. Don't now just put them on SmackDown to try to elevate that show, in your mind, elevate that show, but also overexpose Judgment Day. I would rather them attempt to make new stars on SmackDown with the roster that they have there. Give me Lashley and Street Profits. Keep pushing LA Knight. Figure out the US title. I love Rey Mysterio, but elevate that to sort of be the, the main championship. If you don't think Rey is the guy to do that, then put it on somebody who you feel can. I actually think Sammy and Kevin would have worked better in this spot as the tag team champions. What brand are they on anyway? What they, who'd they get drafted by? technically pretty sure they got drafted to raw okay that's unfortunate because i think they would be much better on smackdown right now uh because they that needs a little bit of star power but i think this is where you could have used sammy and kevin as the tag team champions more on smackdown because judgment day already has raw like they they already have that so i don't need them more on smackdown instead of elevating new talent so I'm looking at the Raw roster. I just want to make sure that I got that. It was, uh, where is Sammy and Kevin Owens? Kevin Owens, yeah, and Sammy were drafted to Raw. The idea of Judgment Day going over to SmackDown, the only team that's really there right now that they could reasonably feud with in like the immediate are the Street Profits. Um, there's brawling brutes. There are yeah, brawling brutes. You got to build on, then you got to build them up too. Cause right now it's like Seamus, singular. There's OC. No, no, there isn't. I'm talking there, but I'm talking immediately. I'm talking people who would be an immediate storyline thread opportunity for Judgment Day. Like you could build up, yes, you could build up OC, you could build like you could do a squash, whatever you want. But I'm talking about an actual like story there. Uh, you don't have Pretty Deadly right now because you know uh, Elton is is it Elton or Kit? The blonde one is still out with a with an injury, but on Raw, you can build whoever you want. But I'm saying immediately. I'm saying if the, if someone were to show up on SmackDown this week to face the Judgment Day, the only team that I can reasonably see doing that with 
are street profits like tomorrow if tomorrow yeah. is Friday, but it's not. But on Raw, I can immediately see New Day, unfortunately, Drew and, and Riddle. Uh, yeah, Drew and Riddle. Um, Viking Raiders are on the ascent as well. I don't see them doing it right away. But again, you could build it up. Uh, you don't have a babyface team in, in Viking Raiders. But again, I'm pointing out at least two teams right off the bat that you can go for and uh, have some good matches with. And credibility. I'm- I'm with you that the the raw side feels a little bit stronger, but that's because they've just done a better job with raw. You could put Jimmy and solo on there for the SmackDown. If you would like to do something like that, there's teams on SmackDown. They just haven't done a great job of building them. Yes. But this is my concern with judgment day, just going over there. And I'm not talking strictly tag title stuff. I'm talking about because if one of them goes or if two of them, in this case with priest uh, and Balor, Dominic's probably going to be there and Rhea's probably going to be there. Dominic can say he got a visitor's pass and Rhea can do whatever the hell she wants because she's Rhea Ripley, but they're all probably going to be there. I just don't need to see more of them on SmackDown when they're already over there on raw doing stuff and you can feed them with whoever you want. I think brawling brutes can make some sense. Seamus is, he always has some credibility, Butch is he's got some credibility as well, and Ridge is fine. Um, yeah, Street Profits certainly with Lashley are there. Um, yeah, the, the tag team division isn't great on SmackDown, that's why you do have to build stuff. But my overall point is just I don't want them on SmackDown really largely doing anything because I see enough of them on Raw. They've main evented every episode of Raw for about three months now, like, I, I don't need to see them now continued on SmackDown. This is why I think Sammy and Kevin could have been utilized better on SmackDown. They were too busy on Raw if you're doing Judgment Day. Well, what if the Jey Uso moving to Raw comes with a we're trading someone to SmackDown? Not that the draft is really ever, the brand split has ever really mattered in this iteration, but what if they do say that with Jay coming here, we had to send someone to SmackDown? Okay, who is it? Maybe that well, you can't be Sammy and KO because that's too big. That's that makes Raw look like idiots. Uh, so Cody's the only person it could be, but it's not going to be Cody either. Uh, you, yeah, I don't know who it is, but it, it could be it could be KO was sent over. They split up Sammy and KO again. SmackDown has the opportunity for the next, not this week, but beginning next week, they got John Cena for seven weeks. And they did the John Cena stuff with uh, LA Knight and he gave LA Knight the the big endorsement and everything. I thought that match was too long. Um, They could have cut out a good portion of that, but it was a perfectly acceptable WWE match that just ran too long. But I don't think it's going to take away anything from LA Knight. I think people understand that LA Knight isn't the biggest in-ring guy in the world. And that's fine. As long as the reactions stay the same and you're protecting him enough in ring. And the fact that he remained as over as he did after like an 18 minute match, I think that was a good sign for him overall, but they got John Cena for the next seven weeks, beginning next week, John Cena, one of the biggest stars of all time. You got to utilize him to get some other acts over during this run, especially when Roman is not there. So you watch the show. You watch the Grayson Waller effect segment. 
you heard the first words out of Cody's mouth when Grayson Waller finished his diatribe on Cody Rhodes. Yeah, ruled. Yeah, so uh, it feels like they might pull the trigger on the Cody Rhodes and John Cena mini feud or respect feud or whatever it is. Because for those who didn't watch, uh, after Grayson Waller had finished basically talking about people don't finish their stories and basically running down the town and all that, uh, Cody Rhodes just said, that's a fine speech. And we were off to the races. So when that happened, I was like, oh, no, we're, we're probably going to do this. And there is an opportunity for, for John Cena to put people over. I wasn't super jazzed about him and Jimmy Uso, uh, like doing immediately a bloodline stuff. But I don't know how much that's going to play into things. Uh, it, and, and I do, again, I commend Jimmy Uso because he didn't look stupid out there with John Cena. Like it just, it, it kind of worked so i didn't hate it but um yeah i don't want cena to be immediately in the bloodline story that doesn't involve roman right now and won't really won't happen while he's there i'm very interested to see what they're doing with jimmy and solo moving forward i think paul Heyman's gonna have to do a lot of heavy lifting on this because it was are you in are you out like you can only do this stuff for for so long with these two and you got to interact with other people because you can't. And they they did with uh, AJ Styles. But moving forward, you got to interact with other people on this. I don't know if that's going to lead to Roman returning at some point. If John Cena is going to maybe we get a solo and John Cena match and John Cena puts over solo after all of this, which I think would be good for, for solo and help establish him further. Because I know it's been said that solo is only lost twice. He lost to Jay and he lost to Cody. So you get a win. They protected Solo very well. You get a win over John Cena at some point during this run. That's a big, that's a, uh, you know, big stamp for him. Uh, maybe that's where stuff leads. I didn't like the, the Cena Jimmy stuff. It's much of an admitted fan of John Cena that I am like, okay, what are we doing here with uh, Cena just laying him out and then Jimmy getting punked. And everything. I think there is a story there of like Jimmy as sort of the weak link in all of this. And I don't know if that's where they're going with it. There's ways to tell this story. Again, I'm very curious the story they actually tell. And I hope it's not just, I hope it's not, are you in, are you out type of things? And I, I think they can do better than that. Have, the, have they done Roman versus AJ yet? On this not run. not during this run no that was you know that made roman after he won the title that match against aj I, it was like extreme rules yeah that was something yeah after aj won that random five way to get number one contendership yeah aj bumped his ass off for for roman and people are like oh shit roman is good and he he was good even back then people just didn't want to believe it because they were just so sick of his his push but yeah aj just bumped his ass off for Roman. Um, well, that's certainly something you can do. I would like to see that, but I don't know when Roman's actually coming back to, to do this stuff. And you got Cena for seven weeks. I imagine Cena will play a big part in things. Um, I imagine Cena will, will play a big part in things and allow Roman to take this time off. Yeah. He'll probably be a big part of Fastlane as well, which is the next uh, PLE. Let's, uh, let's shift real quick to, uh, Rollins and Nakamura. That mean event match, uh, solid you know solid in ring there was a lot of storytelling in terms of going after the back and seth trying to do the talky talk that he 
I, I'm not big on Seth doing talky talk in the middle of his matches, but uh, you know, it was fine here and sitting Muda <laughs> front row just to watch his boy lose felt a little weird. I kind of expected either a mist or something, maybe Seth trying to do the Muda lock and not, you know, whatever it was match again, match in the ring was fine. It was good. Uh, finished. It was a long match, but uh, after the cameras stopped rolling, apparently Nakamura attacked Seth. So there's a possibility that we're going to see that tonight. And Why is this apparently? We saw the footage. I know. I'm saying like it's probably going to turn into a thing. No, you said apparently Nakamura attacked Seth. Yes, apparently in that it wasn't shown on the live broadcast. I get it was shown on socials, but not everyone has or watches the socials. So that's all I'm saying. Sean's here. Hello, Sean. Hello, Eggman. Water guys water thank you to cm punk for the headlines the sacrifices change your microphone um, god why does it always do this it's very strange i know you keep talking so, about this problem. kate was hey, hey. at podcast movement and she said hey i'm talking to a Streamyard developer is there anything that you want me to pass along yeah tell it to stop changing my mic there have been exactly zero times in the history of existence that I have selected one of my webcam mics to use yet dozens of times it has uh, switched to that on Streamyard. Um, Does your computer maybe think that the default mic that you have set is that one. And that's why, because it typically takes from the default on your computer. I'm going to, I'm going to check right now. Look at us doing tech support on the air. This is a great use of our time. I love it. How are you doing? I wish there would be somebody sent me tech support. It was Adam Weller about my Logitech camera, a 4k camera. Uh, constantly going out of focus. What, what is this? What are you opening up on the air? Muffins. Oh, okay. Okay. Muffins. Uh, have... Somebody says, what is Sean doing? I'm here. Um, this is, I don't know. I'm looking forward to a somewhat quiet week, but I get to like probably CM Punk's going to sue somebody or something like that. Yeah, don't uh, say that. Don't say it's going it? to be a quiet week. Don't say it's going to be a quiet week. Every time That's you say it's going to be a quiet week, it's never a quiet week. <laughs> I'm ready for football. I'm really ready for football. Um, Fair. I'm going to keep it real with you guys. If news breaks during a Bengals game, especially a home Bengals game, you're going to be waiting until that evening to get that news. I am forcing days off. Um, Text me the news so I can be a scoopster. I can. I can. <laughs> Let's see. I can't really find anything about my microphone. I love Louis and our chat being like the muffins are a cause concern, but the cake is fine. <laughs> My sound input advice. Let's see. Where are your eggs? Yeah, you're right. It is it is switched to my default. But like, still, I think by now, technology should have advanced enough to where if I, it should just be the last thing that I used on StreamYard. Yes, you would think that that would be the case. But unfortunately, StreamYard is not as advanced as we'd like it to be. And in and, and the reality, this is supposed to be like for what one user? We, if anybody logs on the stream yard, I got to get the code. Doesn't matter if I'm on vacation. Doesn't matter. You know that there are team options on this, on this app, right? No, I didn't. Yeah. I was never told that. <laughs> That's what we use for KYN. Everyone, not everyone, but there are a bunch of people with individual user names and stuff. Well, let's get that. Let's You're get that talk, squared we'll away. We'll talk offline about that. Yeah, we should. Cause I, yes. you know, people need codes and I got a message Sean. I'm like, Hey, stream yard codes coming your way. And I do that. Oh, I get them. I get them. All right. <laughs> So we're um, gonna fix that. <laughs> yeah, 
man, somebody says I need to disable, right click and disable the camera mic. You know what? We're, we're doing this right here on the air. Uh, right clicking doesn't do anything on those options for me. Sorry. Caden <laughs> sent us a saying I got Mindy's on Friday. Did I cause it? Caden, what is with you going to shows without any plans for rides or tickets or anything like that? Do you want to? Why, why do my friends do this? I constantly hear about this. People show up at shows, no plans for rides in and out, no tickets, anything like that. Why? why? What's the point? Friends? Does this. Friends? Uh, da, da, da. I want the record to show that while I do show up without a ticket, I often have various ways to obtain them. And it doesn't well, have I, to be through work-related activity. Joel also does that a lot, too. But to be fair, there was Damn an impact wrestler that was not happy that Joel was not able to get into uh, the impact event recently. And maybe, maybe or maybe not somebody who is supposed to beat him up. But um, <laughs> that's probably why he was... Yeah, he wanted him there to beat him up. <laughs> he wanted that's him there to beat in him fairness, up. In uh, fairness, he hadn't come back yet either. So there's that. Yeah. I, I told this story on the air. I don't, know if, I don't know if you heard it. I was, uh, Sean, I was having a conversation with Tommy Dreamer when Macklin blew right by my ass just to come back to the show. That's <laughs> it a, funny. It was a very awkward moment, but a very funny one afterwards. So uh, yeah. I talked to Tommy Dreamer the other day because, you know, uh, ideally, if he continues to wrestle like I'm sure he can, he stands a chance at being in the seven decade club because he had his first match in 1989. And so he's wrestled in 80s, 90s, 2000s, 10s, 20s. There's nothing that indicates to me that he won't be around until the 2040s. Well, he's like, what, 52? Well, it depends, depends what happens this Friday at uh, Impact Victory Road when he challenges for the Digital Media Championship against Kenny King. Yes, but he's... So he's 52 years old. He was 18 during his first match. And it, that is quite literally almost what you have to do to hit that seven-decade mark. Uh, but I think he could do it. You mean to tell me there's going to be battle royals in 2040 that somebody doesn't book him to appear in with his, the same polka dot pants that he's been wearing? <laughs> it's going to be the ECW Legends Battle Royal, and he wins by default. It'll be him and Kid Cash. That's it. Swinger somehow will still make it Swinger. Swinger will make it. He'll be there. Uh, well, it's been a wild weekend, guys. And uh, I'm going to have some more CM Punk news today. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> it's, about his, it's about the WWE pitches and stuff like that and the rumors <sighs> that he wanted to go there, which were true. So, oh, best five fightful, in the business. Sean, what did it? Sean, what did I tell you weeks ago when you were talking about the, the drop-off and stuff? I said, don't worry about it. This month, something dumb's going to happen on the 1st and the 5th. And what do you know? Yep. I, well, I mean, the reality is I, I'd ideally always love to keep our subs above 8,000. I think that's a pretty good benchmark. I doubt they'll ever hit 10, 11,000. Last year was just the most insane year. And it's so funny because on the show last night, I said, this has been the most exhausting two-week period of my career and i feel like i said that five or six times since the beginning of 2021 with cody with steve austin returning with the mercedes stuff with the vince stuff with you know all that and even dating dating back a couple years all the releases and all that stuff 
it's been an exhausting period, but um, it was uh, this this last one was just tough because it was the roller coaster of the unfortunate tragedies of, of Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt. Then literally, I, I was at the Undertaker show that night when the Bray thing happened. I went to London the next day. Those flights were long as hell. But then while I'm in London, the punk thing breaks and then the suspensions and there are two pay-per-views this weekend. <laughs> this was, this was exhausting, but wow, uh, MLW eraser. What is it? MLW erasure. Yes. MLW erasure. I almost had a big story to report on them. Somebody almost not making it to the show, but shout thank out you to, guys. Shout out to Becca. When you show up on our show, you win your matches. That's, <laughs> That's how it goes. Indeed. That's Indeed. Right. Selena De La Renta is back. Right. That's good. Good for her. Good for MLW. Uh, I'm hopping off here. I'll catch you guys later. Take care. Bye, Sean. There you go. That's the kind of content you get here on Overbooked and on our monthly Monday takeovers. Jeremy, I got a heart out because I got to go put my kid down for a nap. So uh, let's uh, get on out of here if you have any closing statements. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to our dumbest show ever. Sorry that we have done this bit uh, after, like Sean said, the busiest two-week stretch, I think. I Certainly, Sean is be- very behind the scenes, getting news and everything. I'm very, not that anybody reads the bylines, but I'm very in front of the scenes with all the news work and stuff that, that I do. Um, I'm sorry that I'm ruining your heart out, Joel, because I'm going to speak a lot and say Ruined. nice things. I apologize for that. But uh, I appreciate everybody who who sent kind messages and, and acknowledges all the work that, that I've done for this week because I was covering two shows on Saturday with Collision and all the punk stuff. I, I covered MLW and AEW. Uh, yesterday as well and then all the fallout with the press conference and everything it was a very long weekend coming off of a very long weekend just coming off of a very long week in general so i appreciate everybody who reached out and and said kind things and uh shout out to my wife as, as always for allowing me to do all this while she handles the important stuff in my life um yeah flaccid penises everybody shout out to the goat brian danielson we are on fife overbooked Every single uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 10 to 12, um, fiveflowerbook.com. We do this show there. We try to have a good time. We try to do fun and something different. It is very much becoming like cement. It's very hard. Cement. Cement. Please don't make it sound like cement. 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 We eat tree semen on this show. I'm tired. I'm old. I work with fucking children. I'm tired of just working with these kids. They just wanted me to keep working with these fucking kids. By the way, this was not our dumbest show ever. The dumbest show ever was absolutely the Joel episode. <laughs> we got <laughs> we got blasted in comments for that one. Anyway. Ah, they can go fuck themselves. (laughs) We'll be back Wednesday, 10 a.m. Eastern on Fightful Overbook. Go join us there. YouTube.com slash Fightful Overbook. Subscribe to the channel. Uh, Until then, I'm at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. We will see you in the next one. Cheers.